Well, hello, and welcome to this edition of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. This is Pastor Kevin, and I'm here today with... Pastor Josh. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's so good to have Josh here, and we are talking about the necessity of God's Word. So, okay, Josh, I didn't prep you for this, so this is pop <laughs> quiz time. What happened in Deuteronomy chapter 8? Deuteronomy. Ooh, I, ooh, I, I just really, I really put you on the spot right now. <laughs> yeah, I know those early chapters of Deuteronomy were a, a call to remember, to think back on on what God has done, and um, not to forget. So yeah, yeah, back uh, back there in chapter eight, um, that's that's part of Moses' reminder to the people to consider what God had done, think back on His works, and keep pressing forward in faith. What's fascinating, too, is Deuteronomy chapter 8 is what Jesus quotes when Satan comes to him, tempting him. And if you remember in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus, responding to Satan's temptation, says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So actually... When Jesus said that, he was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8, which that's we don't have time for that today, but that's an awesome study. If you want to read a neat chapter, read Deuteronomy chapter 8. But Jesus was quoting that verse from Deuteronomy chapter 8 to, to, to remind himself and really to, to remind Satan that we don't live by our feelings. We don't live by some materialistic intake of food or nutrition. We live, we were created to live by the very words of God. React to that. What, what, I mean, how does that, how does that change how the Christian should view their relationship with God's word? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, in a lot of ways, I wonder if we often approach the Bible um, as it's something we know that we should do, but yet we struggle to have joy in doing it. Mm. And if we're just being honest, yeah. Um, it can become mechanical. And so I love that, what you just mentioned there about a, uh, the right lens to view it through, bringing delight, bringing strength, bringing help in times of temptation and everything we need to sustain us through life. And so maybe using a snack analogy, you know, many of you might be um, have a New Year's resolution to kind of change the way you eat or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And, uh, <laughs> Fewer snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, you know, you can fill up on uh, candy and, and snacks all day long, and you have this d delicious meal in front of you, and you're so full from everything else that you really, you know it's good, but you don't, you just don't have the room to devour it, and really, yeah. it just doesn't have the same taste, but if you're able to have self-control and not um, have all those snacks um, and really focus on that meal, it's it's so much better, and so maybe this could be the, maybe this year could be the start where we all really do that, try to crowd out some of those things that compete um, with God's Word and really allow room for the beauty and the wonder of God's Word in our lives. Yeah. You know, the, the eating analogy is actually kind of, it's helpful for me to think about this because, you know, sometimes you say, well, well, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm supposed to read God's Word every day, you know, then it's just going to get routine. It's just going to get you know, uh, become a duty and a, and a mindless habit. It's not going to be special to me. I'm like, well, how often do you eat? You know, like, <laughs> most of us probably still eat three meals a day, maybe two, you know, at two to three meals a day. 
that we're all regularly eating, you know, and we might be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, and we're still eating the same like, for a long time. <laughs> and, and yet there's there's times when our, our meals are pretty nothing special. They're just a meal. And then there's other times when it's like, man, this is a really special mm-hmm. meal. You know, like this is going to be really special, and we put extra effort into it. There's some there's some parallels there with how we should approach God's word, right? Like it's it is the source of life. I I love this verse. Let's see if I can find it. So I quote it right. It's in John chapter twelve, the Gospel of John chapter twelve, and uh, Jesus is speaking here. Uh, and and this is this is a fascinating verse. Think about this. Jesus says. I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am the Word incarnate. Like, I I don't speak on my own authority. What I say, Jesus has, or God himself has given me those words to say. So I'm speaking with the authority of God, is what Jesus is saying. I'm speaking with the authority of God. And then verse 50. This is my this is a mm-hmm. this is a fun one. John 12, 50. And I know, Jesus says, that God's commandment is what? Is eternal life. So what I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. In other words, God's words have life. They are the source of life. Peter, when when Jesus asked the disciples, Are you guys going to turn and, and walk away from me as well? Peter says, Lord, where else would we go? You alone have words of eternal life. So what a what a joy to think just for a moment here with you about the necessity of God's word. On Sunday, we, we did 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, 14 to 17, kind of a classic text about the sufficiency of Scripture. And and uh, I actually had, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but this was the second time Newcastle's heard this message. Oh, the secret's out. <laughs> so I actually preached this exact same message seven years ago in January of 2016. And, um, but then when I preached it, I talked about the sufficiency of God's word. This time when I preached it, I changed it just a little bit to talk about the necessity of God's word. Because God's word is necessary for our steadfastness, for our uh, salvation, for our sanctification, and also for our service in ministry. So was there anything in particular, uh, Josh, that kind of stuck out to you that, from this week's sermon that you wanted to kind of chew on a little bit more? There was, actually. Um, so one of those verses in there, uh, verse 15, says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm. So that phrase, make you wise for salvation. Mm. And, you know, thinking about what exactly is salvation, I wonder if some of us are a little too, if some of us maybe limit that a little too much. When we think about salvation, maybe we just limit it to justification. Okay, I'm justified, I'm declared righteous before God. Boom, there we go. There's there's my salvation. But you know, as we look at the context of Second Timothy here, especially chapter three, um, mm-hmm. in these verses, we see that, you know, as Kevin talked about uh, scripture changing us, sanctifying us, the means of sanctification come through scripture. And so I'd like to suggest that um, salvation is more than justification, that mm-hmm. there's a, a deep uh, it's a it's a big concept. It's it's about Jesus changing everything that's wrong with us. So Jesus, mm. 
you know, just doesn't save us and uh, put us on the bench and say, well, okay, I got you out of hell now, so there we go, my job's complete. No, he he changes his changes everything that's wrong with us mm. uh, over time, of course. It's a process. And how does that process happen? Well, it's through Scripture. So I wonder if we, you know, maybe approach it like that, looking at salvation in, in terms of like a, a larger concept rather than a smaller one and seeing the richness and, and beauty in that salvation of Jesus changing changing me. How? Through Scripture. So why should I be in the Word? What's well, how Jesus changes me. Oh, that's really good. That's so good. You know what that reminds me of is in, in Peter, I think it's, is it Second Peter or First Peter? You have to remind me. In Peter, it talks about God's word being like milk mm. and like, and how we, we, we need the, mel- the milk of the word. In other words, like grow up thereby, by <laughs> grow up by continue to consume and benefit from the nourishment and the, the life-giving uh, properties of the the word of God Himself. So, so let me ask you this, Josh. So, you know, you, you you hear a message like this, and it's it's very, it's very inspiring to, um, to say, boy, Lord, help me. I, 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 why haven't I been more intentional with God's word this past year? I want to recommit. I want to, I want to dive into God's word. I want to do, I want to drink more of God's word. I want to be more intentional with God's word. You know, we, we, we leave a message like this. We're excited about the Bible. But sometimes you'll hear people say, well, Christians should be more excited about Jesus than bible olatry. You know, sometimes I think people worship the Bible instead of worshiping God. How do you react to some of those concerns that people put the emphasis on the wrong syllable? <laughs> that's that's a great question. Uh you know, in some ways, just a little bit of history here. So a, a German theologian by the name of Karl Barth um, taught that uh, the Bible points to a greater revelation in Christ. So Barth um, saw a, a distinction between the Word of God and the, the person of Jesus Christ. And so he um, was really teaching that you, you need to go even further than the Bible to really comprehend and grasp Christ. Christ. And unfortunately, that's not helpful because um, we can't, uh, you know, God's word is, is part of who he is. It's part of his character. Mm-hmm. And so we can't um, create this division between the word of God and, you know, the person of Christ. So I don't think that Bart was helpful there. Um, so it's, you know, how do we know Jesus? It's through his word. So mm-hmm. I actually don't um, worry too much about being too focused on the Bible? Am I somehow missing Christ by focusing on the Bible? No, I just believe that God has revealed himself through the word. It's in his word that we experience Christ and get to know him. And so, yeah, I don't, um, I don't think that we run the danger of somehow missing the mark by really being in the word and loving the word. It's, it's, it's um, part of God and his, his character. Excellent. Excellent. So good. Now, Josh, let me ask you a question. If somebody left Sunday service, uh, we, we kind of, at the end of the message, before we took communion, we, we kind of challenged us all with four questions. How am I going to read God's Word this coming year? How will I memorize God's Word? How will I learn God's Word from others? And how will I share God's Word with others? And if somebody came to you and said, Pastor Josh, I, I'm just overwhelmed by these questions. I, I don't even know where to start. How would you, 
how would you counsel them very practically to engage with intentionally delighting in God's Word? Yeah, great question. Um, one of the best ways is to do it in community. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage them to find a life group and um, maybe it's, it, or it could look like, and or it could look like maybe one-on-one or an even smaller group than a life group uh, to be able to get into God's Word in community. So I think that'll be a, a, a good help for people. Mm-hmm. Um, the discipline of it and a plan is going to go a long ways. And sometimes, I think you mentioned in your sermon, there's this fear of legalism sometimes. Right, and yeah. We can think, oh, a plan that sounds so legalistic, but it's it's not. It's part of discipline. Like, again, go back to the diet plan, right? Like, it's like, is it legalistic to eat three times a day? <laughs> no, not really. I, mean, I guess I suppose I could be very judgmental against others who didn't, who chose to eat at a different time than I eat, of course. But But no, yeah, it's... Just because we're intentional does not make us legalistic, right? Yeah. So there's a, a couple new resources that we're getting down at our resource center, a couple books about um, a good starting place for God's Word. So maybe you just haven't been around the Bible that much, mm. and you you really aren't sure even where to begin. And so these are introductory books about how you even approach the Bible, what the message of it is, and... Um, just maybe a, some great ways to to come at it. So I would encourage that. Um, they should be in this week. You know, check us, check out the Resource Center and see those new books there. Uh, which what what is the title of those books? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, one is How to Eat Your Bible. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I just had breakfast. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. And then what was the other one? The other one is Read This First. Okay. And so, how to eat your Bible by Nate Picklewicks. Is that how you say his name? I don't. I don't yeah. know that 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 author. And then read this first by Gary Miller. So, uh, look for those in our resource center. If those can be helpful, that'd be a great, great uh, encouragement to us. And again, I I think keep it simple, Souter. Right? I mean, there's just there's sometimes we, some of us are natured this way where it's like we're we're all or nothing, and then we set ourselves up for failure. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. This this is about a relationship. This is about a routine. This is about habits of grace. We we had a really helpful resource on that too. That's really helpful. But I mean, just just really trying to say this is about cultivating a a a, a discipline that's going to be life giving uh, in my relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, uh, for me personally, there's that the routine is helpful to me. You know, like I just know. Every morning, I have a certain routine. Like, I take a shower every single morning. I brush my teeth every single morning. I put deodorant on, junior high kids, every single morning. Like, I, you know, I do all of that. But, but part of that daily routine is I, I open God's Word, and I read a portion of Scripture, and I meditate on that, and I pray. That's part of my every morning routine. And just because that's part of everything else, that serves me so that even on those mornings I'm extra tired, or even that morning I just really don't feel like it, it's like, Oh no, this is just what I do, you know, mm-hmm. and and that can be so life giving and encouraging to us. So we are we did uh, uh, start this F two sixty plan. A few of us have started that this year. Certainly, there's no obligation to do something like that. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans people could sign up for and and do if you want to do a New Testament through the year, or the whole Bible in a year. Or you want to do just I want to look at the Gospel of John, and I want to just dig into that for a few months and read through that. 
you don't even need to use a defined plan. It's just get in the word every day, you know. But uh, if it's helpful for you, we're, we're doing this plan called F260. And you can uh, go to our website. I think the the uh, the uh, don't have the actual link of that right in front of me right now. I think it was myncbc.org forward slash Bible dash reading. Uh, but you can see it on the worship folder each week. We're going to have it printed in the worship folder, kind of the, the weekly reading. It averages about two chapters uh, five days a week. And then there's a couple memory verses on there as well. Talk to us about what what's your, do you have a habit of Bible memory or what's your, what have you found most helpful for you, Josh, when it comes to memorizing scripture? Yeah, that's a great question. So, one is um, staying with the translation that you're familiar with. Okay. Um, so the more you read it, the more you're likely to remember those verses in there. Yeah. Um, so pick pick one that you're, t- you know, probably like the ESV, which we typically use in church here. Um, a lot of it's repetition and writing. So I, f- I found that I learn best if I write it out. Yeah. And then um, continue to remind myself of of that verse. So... If you're interested in this, I can put up something, a way to memorize Philippians, for example, and it actually has an outline of how to do that. So it's kind of like this, you know, day one, here it gives you a few verses. Day two, you're going to repeat those verses and move on to something different. And it kind of works its way through it like that. And I found that to be helpful. Um, Another thing you can do that I would challenge you to do this year is a great way to memorize. How many times a day do you pull out your phone? Hmm. Maybe 20, 30, 100? <laughs> I'd, I'd be ashamed to know, actually. It's, <laughs> it's a lot, right? So what you could do is, on the back of your phone, just tape you know, that part of that verse or whatever you're trying to memorize for that day on the back of it. And then as you pull the phone out, take a glance at it yeah. and see what happens. And I'll bet, you know, over time, you'll you'll find that a lot of these things are, are sticking with you more. So, so. So for the person who just checked out, right, like, oh, I can't do this. This is overwhelming. All right. Here, here's an opportunity for you. How about next Sunday I will give you $1,000 for every verse you've memorized this week? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> In other words, this is, about, this, is about, this is about priorities. This is about motivation. This is about saying, you know, we, we do what we do because we want what we want. At the end of the day, we can all memorize our phone number. We can all memorize our social security number. It just takes repetition. It just takes intentionality. If you just read it, shut your Bible, and go on with life, and you're not going to memorize. Mm-hmm. So, so a couple other tips I would just add to those helpful tips you said, Josh. Don't do memorization without meditation. In other words, don't try to memorize a verse you don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the way you memorize it is by meditating on it. So take a verse and maybe maybe you're doing the 260 plan and like this week it's given us Genesis 127 and given us Hebrews 11:7. It's given us two verses to try to memorize. Not that you have to do two verses a week. That don't don't stress about this. Okay? These are suggestions for you if they're helpful use them. But the point is, okay, here's two verses. Do I even understand what they mean? Have I even studied them? Have I looked at them in the context? Have I and make sure the more you dive into that text and you kind of pull it apart and understand it, like, oh, this is what this phrase means, pretty soon, guess what? You're meditating on that verse while you're answering those questions. 
And then you're like, oh, now I understand how this verse, the flow of the argument goes to the verse. And now that understanding is going to help me remember it when I go to write it out multiple times, when I go to say it back to myself without looking at my Bible, you know, and those type of, of mnemonic, uh, uh, you know, techniques. So, so yeah, well, church, we just, we really want to encourage you. We love you so much. And we just want to really encourage you to be, be people of the word, be people of the word. God's word, it gives life. I, you know, Psalm 19, maybe I'll just close by reading a portion of Psalm 19 uh, that says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Any soul need to be revived? Mm-hmm. Well, the law of the Lord is perfect. Mm-hmm. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Is there anybody that just feels like, I don't understand. I, I need more wisdom. I need wisdom, Lord. Well, the testimony of the Lord, sure. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. Oh, dear depressed soul. Oh, dear downcast face. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I just need sight. I need faith. Give me vision, Lord. The commandments of the Lord are pure. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. You want something that's stable. You want something that's trustworthy. You want something that endures forever. Oh, the fear of the Lord. This is a title for God's word. The fear of the Lord is clean. The rules of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even more than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by God's word is God's servant warned, And in keeping God's word, there is great reward. Not just a small reward, but a great reward. Oh, church, I pray that that encourages your soul this week as you start the new year with greater desire to delight in God's word. We love you. We'll see you next week.